me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life. Hey, I'm Tim Eccles. I serve on the Georgia Public Service Commission. My co-host with me each week, Casey Boyce from Decatur. How's it going, Casey? Good, Tim. It's great to be with you. Hey, Casey, we're going to talk about big solar because big solar has had a big impact in Georgia. Later in this segment, Matt Kisber from Silicon Ranch is going to be with us and kind of tell that Silicon Ranch story. Usually, Casey, this, these companies are out of California. This this company out of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, and it's got a lot of Southern DNA in it. And wow, big solar has certainly been good for the Peach State and others, don't you think, Casey? Yeah, and you know we've talked a lot about it on the show, uh, Tim, about how solar can save you money on your power bill, whether it's putting. Uh, solar panels on your roof. In fact, I just got my uh, April bill. Uh, it was a whopping $25 for the month, uh, thanks to my solar panels. Um, or whether it's this big solar, right, that, you know, Tim, you've talked about has a um, kind of downward pressure on the rates that people pay from the electric company, right? Yeah, so a lot of folks may not be familiar with what we mean by downward pressure, but folks, what we're talking about is your bills fractionally being reduced because the investment that the power company make is making is cheaper than any other form of energy that they're getting. So the result uh, is that your your rates are fractionally lower. I'm not talking about dollars here. I'm really talking about pennies, but pennies add up, Casey, and we we want uh, rates to stay low. That is a, a big deal for economic development in the state of Georgia. It's something that Pat Wilson, Commissioner Wilson, and all of his staff kind of tout that Georgia, 14% below the national average, is important. But I tell you what's becoming as important, Casey, with these with these companies, particularly ones that are moving here from Europe or from the West, is, hey, how how is your solar? Are you building it? How is renewable energy? That seems to matter to them. Yeah, and I love this economic development story because not only, as, as you mentioned, is it about bringing new businesses to the state, but it's also about bringing economic development to areas that, that haven't, frankly, seen a lot across the state when a big solar installation goes up. I mean, some of these counties are seeing a huge change in the amount of property tax that they bring in, and, and that's enabling them to, to revitalize parts of their community. And it, it's really a great story for lots of uh, parts of the, the state. Yeah, Silicon Ranch's most recent development is down in southwest Georgia in Early County, uh, and it was 750 acres of solar. Casey, uh, that's folks, a lot. you know, not often do you look out across a 750 50-acre field, and you certainly don't see this very often full of solar panels as far as the eye can see. Yeah, I mean, for folks who are in the Atlanta area, to put that in context, that's like oh, four Piedmont parks, something like that. I mean, it's it's massive. Yeah, and, and I think we're going to continue to see more about this. Obviously, Matt uh, is going to tell us a little bit about Silicon Ranch and their plans and how how they view this in helping small counties. Our commissioners and legislators in Georgia, it hasn't gone over their head, Casey, that these counties are benefiting from uh, their tax digest being improved because of the taxes, you know, that these solar fields pay. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation with uh, Matt and uh, stay tuned for uh, Commissioner Eccles talking to Matt Kisber from Silicon Ranch. 
yeah, here's Matt and the interview that I did with him uh, in Atlanta. Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. Tim Eccles here, Vice Chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission with Matt Kisber, co-founder of Silicon Ranch. Matt, m maybe folks haven't heard of Silicon Ranch. What do you guys do? Yeah, uh, Commissioner, we are a utility scale independent power producer. And what that means is we develop, own, and operate large-scale solar facilities and sell that power to the utility who in turn sells it to um, their customers. And solar being, as you well know, uh, lowest cost of generation helps to provide low-cost power to keep rates low for the uh, citizens of Georgia. Matt, solar's come down so much in price, especially these large-scale deployments that you guys do. Did you ever think it would be this cheap? We always believed, just like with semiconductors and computing, that the price would come down significantly over the, <clears throat> the ensuing years. But to get to this level, I don't think anybody ever really envisioned. And one of the other great benefits of solar is that with distributed generation, you also have distributed benefits. And I'm a former commissioner of economic development in Tennessee, really cared about rural communities. And this, these projects create tax base and resources for many rural communities who up until now have not had the kind of resources that these projects bring to them, which show themselves in new playground equipment, pay raises for teachers, things that county governments can do with the, the newfound tax revenue since solar projects put no burden on county services. You know, this has been such a great thing for South Georgia, Middle Georgia, because, frankly, a lot of large manufacturing, have they've left. And it's left these big vacant buildings, and the tax money's gone with it. And when solar came in, and you guys do a 100-acre, 200-acre, 500-acre, 750-acre array, then it, it improves the tax digest. And as you said, it lets them finish that library, build that ball field, buy that ambulance. And I think a lot of people in the big cities, they aren't aware of just what an equalizer big-scale solar has been. No question. And when you, when we go in and we're investing 50, 100, 150 million dollars, that tax base is extremely meaningful. And we work with the local uh, community to um, come up with a arrangement that will benefit them. Before I was commissioner of economic development, I was in the Tennessee legislature, served as chairman of the finance committee. So I tell them, you know, there are a lot of different ways we can craft this so that it can be recurring revenue that you can depend upon and finance the kind of improvements and activities you want done. And there's so much opportunity to make a significant impact. The other thing we do as a corporate citizen is we like to go in and understand what's important to that community and those community leaders. And we get involved. We've done college scholarships in some of the counties. We've helped to um, finish out parks that, that were under development. Really working with the leadership and understanding what is going to create value for those citizens who recognize that we're not only there as a corporate entity, we're there as citizens wanting to be a good neighbor to them. So the name Silicon Ranch, how did, how did you come up with that? Well, there are three of us who started the company, uh, myself, my colleague who was the Commissioner of Revenue, Reagan Farr, and the former governor of Tennessee, Phil Bredesen. And he's, a, he's fond of things in the West. And he had this, so we're talking about the company, he had this vision of a ranch of solar panels. Solar panels are uh, <clears throat> predominantly made from silicon. And so the idea was, the vision was this ranch of silicon-based solar panels. And that's how the name came about. Some people ask me about land utilization, and what I've told them, Matt, is that, look, Georgia's got a lot of land, and it has a value, uh, and when these solar arrays are placed on them with these expensive inverters, it, it actually increases the assessment on the land. How does that work? Yeah, so the additional uh, investment adds to the tax base and so it's valued for tax purposes. The other thing it does is we, um, we use regenerative land management practices to be good stewards of the land that we buy and operate so that not only are we generating solar from it, we're also returning it to 
it's um, native use, and we we plant native um, vegetation. And in many of our projects, we are uh, having sheep or other animals uh, graze on it so as to restore the uh, fertility of that land to what it was before um, we, came, we came in to um, uh, develop it. What's ahead for solar in the U.S.? I mean, California, they've got a lot of it. Seems like they're turning their attention now to decarbonizing transportation or, or maybe energy efficiency. Do we still have a lot of room in Georgia and these southeastern states? Is there still room for more solar? Absolutely. I mean, I believe we're in the early innings of this energy transition. And when we look at what's predicted over the next 50 years, the economy is going to move to more electrification. That's going to require more renewable energy sources. That's going to be wind and solar. And in the uh, southeast U.S., solar is such an attractive generation source and benefit to those communities. So I think we will see quite a bit of solar development, as well as the use over the next few years as prices come down of batteries to help dispatch the electricity when it's needed as opposed to when it's generated, and doing those types of things that create added value for our utility partners who can pass that value on to their customers. How can folks find out more about Silicon Ranch? They can go to our website, which is www.siliconranch.com, and we welcome, uh, we welcome inquiries. Thanks for being on Energy Matters today. Thank you very much. Thank you for your leadership. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Welcome back to Energy Matters. I'm Casey Boyce along with Tim Eccles, your host. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Casey, it was a fantastic interview with, with Matt and, uh, and Silicon Ranch. I mean, it's, it's really cool how entrepreneurs and, and folks are able to take and scale, scale something so important. Absolutely. And I, I think we can get used to more of this in Georgia. I certainly think there's additional room for us to continue adding solar to the grid and, and big solar like what Silicon Ranch is doing. So um, definitely for, uh, for our listeners, uh, you know, keep an eye out and, um, you know, certainly we'll be talking about it again some more on the show. And Casey, I, I, just, wish that, I just wish that more folks in Atlanta could drive to deep southwest Georgia and see just how much solar that we have. I think they would probably think they were on a different planet 
if they saw just how much solar it is down there. But folks are so confined to the metro, and they're just simply not aware of how much we've done. Yeah, that, well, it's fantastic. And, and certainly kudos to you and your colleagues at the, the commission for pushing us forward on that. Um, folks, I've got some breaking news to share. Uh, and uh, Commissioner Eccles, you've just been awarded the Innovator of the Year Award uh, by the Smart Grid Customer Education Symposium. Congratulations on that. Uh, and they said that uh, you received this award for your ongoing dedication to both innovation and customer engagement. So congratulations. And what the heck did you do to deserve such an honor? You know, they, they talked about customer education, Casey, and, and it really caught me by surprise. Uh, but I think it has to be because of now this decade uh, of, of time that we've spent traveling the state, educating consumers about alternative fuel, clean energy, solar, and it has been a broken record. So if you look at my Twitter feed for the last you know 11 years, you're going to see um, many, many, many events that we've had as we've tried to educate people about the benefit, not just consumers, Casey, not just customers uh, and, and businesses, but policymakers, city officials, county officials, and legislators trying to help them see that these technologies, especially big solar, actually lowers or fractionally lowers everybody's bill. And as we learned in the last segment uh, from the, the co-founder of Silicon Ranch, it, it actually bolsters the, the tax digest for, in many cases, poor counties across middle and south Georgia. Yeah. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to both be a part of and attend some of your uh, clean energy road shows and their fantastic events certainly would encourage folks that once we're able to start getting back together again and you do actually go on the road um, to join or join virtually as, as you've been doing this year. Um, and, and, you know, I've only been kind of tangentially involved in the the aftermath uh, of those. But as you said, I've, I've seen some really cool things come out from policymakers and businesses and individuals who get really excited about the possibilities for integrating these technologies into what they do. Yeah, Casey, in just a couple of months, uh, we're going to have one of the first uh, in-person events that happen in our state, at least from an energy and environmental perspective, on Jekyll Island. You're going to be there. I'll be there. I have the energy conference that I'm responsible for on Wednesday, August 11th. The next day, Thursday and Friday, the Georgia Department of Natural Resources will host the Georgia Climate Conference. And Casey, uh, you're in charge of a track, one of the tracks at my conference. Tell folks what they can expect from your track. Yeah, so I'm working with uh, Wilson Mallard, who's over at Georgia Power, and we'll, we're putting together the solar track for the Georgia Energy Conference. And basically, the, the track has three parts. So the first part is looking at what have we learned so far in Georgia about solar, both at the distributed scale, so people putting solar on their houses, and large scale, like what the guys at Silicon Ranch are doing. So that's going to be kind of the looking back and, and you know, what, what kinds of things we've done, what we've learned. The next two parts are really looking at the future. So the first one we'll be looking at for large scale solar, what kinds of things can we expect to see in the future? And we'll be talking about everything from integrating battery storage to these large scale solar plants to, you know, potentially even on-site hydrogen production and other ways of eliminating curtailment, which is where you don't use all of the power where that's generated. Uh, and then the third piece will be looking at the future of small scale distributed solar. So that'll be looking at the impact of home battery storage, of grid, grid interactive solar, uh, and other fun technologies that you can potentially put on your home not too far from today. Yeah, and there's going to be two other tracks going on simultaneously. We'll have an electric vehicle track in case he, uh, you and I talk about EVs all the time. We both have an electric vehicle. But folks that want to find out more, we're going to have a virtual, not virtual car show. We're, there's going to be a lot of electric vehicles there, and, and including things other than cars. We expect to have an electric bus there. Uh, but you're going to you're going to learn a lot from two experts, Don Francis, uh, who was ran Clean Cities Georgia for a long time, and Alan Shedd, who runs the electric vehicle operation for all of the EMCs around the state. And Casey, I, I can't say it enough how important 
EMC adoption of EVs are because these folks are in the rural parts of our state. And yeah, we've had great electric vehicle adoption, you know, across 285 in Atlanta, but we need those rural parts of our state to come on board. And Allen Shed is a very important part of that of the puzzle of getting folks on board. He's been on our show multiple times. You'll get to see him in person uh, down on Jekyll uh, with that track on electric vehicles. And then, Casey, the sustainability track. You and I have talked about that recently with that sustainable town conference that I spoke at. But Allie Kelly, who's been on our show, as well as Ben Carswell, the conservation for, director for Jekyll Island, they will run the sustainability track. And you're going to be able to to learn a lot about what sustainability means, the various aspects of it. And, and Casey, we've said this before, but everybody, they don't have to do everything, uh, right? You can do part of it, and you're really helping our state. So don't, you know, I, we're not here to put you on a guilt trip or to make you feel like, oh, you know, I, I'm, you know I'm not being a very sustainable person in my life because I hear this and I hear that. Look, start somewhere, and we're going to give you a lot of encouragement with that. We're going to be at the Weston Jekyll Island Hotel. It's next to the convention center. There'll be protocols in place, a lot of outside time. In fact, we'll have a field experience with each of these tracks. Casey, it's going to be a fantastic experience. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, you you, know, you just highlighted the folks who are helping put this together and certainly some of the luminaries in energy and sustainability in the state and even more involved as speakers in the various tracks. Um, you know, honestly, I'm just looking forward to seeing everyone. But certainly, if you are interested in any of these topics, uh, check it out. Um, it, again, it's August 11th down on Jekyll Island. It'll be a nice way to get out of the house and, and see some folks and, and learn some things. So I, I guess uh, this is a testament, Tim, to the customer education that they got you awarded this Innovator of the Year award, huh? Yeah, maybe so, Casey. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I really want to be that commissioner that leads Georgia into not just an innovative future, but that we are part of the supply chain for that, Casey. And that's why I was so excited that LG uh, and SK Innovations, that they were able to strike the deal yeah. and keep the battery factory here. Because I, I really think that part of the EV adoption that needs to happen here is it, it needs to come from my Republican colleagues. And what better way to, to really just jumpstart them to being in, involved is seeing one of the largest factories in our state that that will be impacting electric vehicles, both in Ford, Volkswagen, and other brands. Absolutely, and you know, I think that's the key to, to all of this, right, is, is folks realizing that you know, this sustainability stuff, this clean energy stuff, this isn't, you know, someone's, you know, left wing or right wing for that matter pipe dream, right? Like these are real jobs. These are real technologies that are making people's lives better. And, I, you know, we've had folks on the show before, um, uh, you know, like Benji Backer uh, from the American Conservation Coalition who said, look, you know, this shouldn't be partisan. This is about, you know, making people's lives better. And, um, you know, I think we're we're kind of living proof of that here in, in Georgia. Um, and it's it's certainly great to see. You know, one of the things, uh, Tim, that, you know, we're, we're talking a little bit about innovation, given your award here that and I'm really interested in, in watching is innovation in business model, particularly for electric utilities and seeing, you know, how do you go from this kind of cost plus base model where they've been in the past to really figuring out, like, how do you add value to people's lives in a way similar to what, you know, media companies do or, you know, technology companies do? Um, and, you know, I know you and your colleagues at the Public Service Commission have have a lot of competing priorities, but I'd, I'd love to hear in our closing minute or so kind of your thoughts on business model innovation here in Georgia. You know, I don't really get a sense, Casey, that any of my colleagues really want to change the way the model works here. I, I think we're more interested in shepherding it and keeping rates 14% below the national average and making sure that our plants have the preventive maintenance done to them and the winterization and all the things that we didn't see in Texas. So I, I'm just I'm just not thinking that we're going to see a lot of changes in the paradigm. 
Well, it will certainly be interesting to see over the next couple of years because there's lots of stuff happening across the country. And I I know you look uh, both across the country and across the world for uh, some of those trends. Thanks for listening to Energy Matters. We'll have another segment momentarily and continue to talk about ways to improve innovation and grow technology in our state. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Tim Eccles for Marlin Gas Services. As the port continues to grow, more and more trucking companies are using natural gas in their trucks instead of diesel. Marlin Gas Services is helping to usher in this clean opportunity. With their specialized rigs, they create virtual pipelines with all the equipment and expertise to provide reliable, clean natural gas. Marlin Gas is the company that gas utilities, pipeline companies, and industrial facilities turn to. See MarlinGas.com for more information. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMW Auto Sales. With gas prices hitting over $3 for the first time since 2014, isn't it time you consider a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid from BMVW Auto Sales? These plug-in hybrids will go 50 miles on electric charge, saving you precious money and time. Skip the line at the gas pumps and charge in your garage. See more at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. Tim Eccles, Vice Chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission, your host here on the road in Savannah, one of my favorite cities, uh, at a very cool conference. And my friend Edward Gresham is here, and we've been talking about all kind of things, and we're going to talk with you on the radio about energy efficiency, about Savannah, about the port, and some fun things. How's it going, Edward? It is going really well. Uh, happy to have you back in town uh, to be able to see you doing well and still kicking and bringing new ideas to the state of Georgia. You know, the pandemic has had a, an impact on utilities, on companies like yours that, you know, go into homes and help people with energy efficiency. Tell us a little first about your company and what kind of services that you provide to people. Well, we are a energy consultant firm um, based out of Savannah. Uh, we offer weatherization services, energy audits, um, HERS ratings, um, all the things that a homeowner would need or a builder would need or a commercial build, builder would need to um, make their buildings more energy efficient um, and, and be able to build homes for the future. You know, there's a lot of talk about you know putting solar on homes and and that kind of thing adding renewable energy how important is it to get your envelope right the the house itself the windows the cracks the seals the the lights how important is it uh, and and is there an order should you put solar on first and then worry about the envelope or do you do, do the envelope and then worry about something else so you really want to worry about the envelope first uh, you can put you know uh, makeup on a pig, right, but it's still a pig. So you want to be able to come in, seal up that home right, um, make sure that it's insulated, make sure you have all those values taken care of, and then when you size your solar or size your HVAC system, you're sizing it to the right uh, specs of where the house is now, not where it was before you started. Uh, so that's going to be really important for your energy efficiency. It's going to be really important for the amount of of wattage you have to pull down from a solar array so um, that's what that's what I would suggest. Do people always know uh, what the guts of their house is like what the insulation is how many inches I mean is it is it something that the audit audit kind of reveals to them and then they get it and what what are some of the, the moments I guess that you've seen with homeowners when you've 
told them about their home? So, you know, most people um, know that, hey, when you come to the house, they're like, yeah, if it's an older home, it's not really that much uh, insulation in the attic. They'll know something like that, but they won't know the true R value. They won't know where the R value should be, R38. They won't know that. Um, and then especially in their walls, um, they won't really know um, whether they have insulation in their walls or not. And so when we come in and do an energy audit, we have a infrared camera that allows for us to see into walls, allows us to say, yes, th- those walls are insulated, that wall is not insulated. We go into the attic, reevaluate the insulation levels in the attic, uh, and we also give them recommendations for where they need to be today um, based on code. So are there assistance programs that can help people, rebates, uh, you know, as you're evaluating a, a homeowner's house and you find out it needs this, it needs that, what are some of the some of the opportunities they might have to defray some of those costs? Well, you know, Georgia Power has a great program that they're, re- they're rolling back out right now. Um, it's a weatherization program that allows for uh, people to get these services for free. Um, they also have some home improvement programs. Um, rebates back um, through their whole house program. Um, And then uh, cities usually have some kind of minor home repair program. I know that the city of Savannah has a minor home repair program. I know the city of Atlanta has a minor home repair repair program. I believe Athens and a couple of other cities. So, you know, I would uh, check into those minor home repair programs, check into the Georgia Power uh, weatherization programs, and then also Google any kind of weatherization program that is around or servicing your area outside of that. I know Hope Works does. Um, they do replace furnaces. Um, and hot water heaters, so that's another part of energy efficiency, getting your appliances updated, uh, your mechanical equipment updated. Um, So it's a number of different um, agencies um, that you can contact, Um, but just do a little research through Google, um, I I would definitely suggest. You mentioned Hope Works and Michael Kimsey uh, and his charity run that. It's a program that not a lot of people know about. They replace gas hot water heaters and gas furnaces for people over 65 that own their own home who meet the poverty guidelines. So there's so many rules associated with it. I think it slips through the cracks. Mm -hmm. But if you're a widow woman or a widower, you're over 65, you're on a maybe fixed Social Security income, you've had this old house forever, you've lived in for 40 years, and now all of a sudden that furnace is either broken or not working or cracked, I mean, that can be dangerous, can it? It can be very dangerous. I mean, it's going to be leaking out gases into your house and your living space that you just don't need. Um, and, and that program is really unique because it takes care. We, we think about our elderly. We don't realize that how close to the poverty line most people are who are living on Social Security. Um, they lived a good life. They worked all their life. They may or may have not had a retirement. They may have owned their own business and, you know, things um, changed. And so what the pro, what Hope Works does is goes on, goes into those homes, weatherizes the homes as well, but helps them out with costs that normally most people would not be able to afford. I mean, a new furnace is going to cost you. Hot water heater installed is going to cost you. And um, that is a great program helping out our elderly population um, who are around the poverty level or who are just living on a fixed income. Think about it like this. There's a lot of there's a lot of talk about energy burden uh, in in urban areas like Savannah, like Athens, uh, like Atlanta. Think about this. A person, maybe they have a thousand dollars of monthly income. It's a fixed income. It's a government. Uh, it's, it's a government stipend. Let's say their power bill is one hundred and fifty dollars. Well, that's that that is now 15 percent of their income. And that and that would be high. But you replace that gas furnace you do this insulation work that you're talking about, now all of a sudden, every single month, they are saving money and their home energy costs drop from 150 to to 100, and now it's at 10% instead of 15%. That is a huge deal. It's, it's a very huge deal. And, you know, that's what we talk about when we start talking about um, energy justice and, uh, and, and, and really helping people uh, who are struggling, who are in, in, in tight situations, um, be able to stretch their dollars. Uh, when I don't have to pay $150, $200, $300 sometime for, a, for an electric bill, 
um, on a small house that's just leaking old, um, I'm able to, you know, maybe save a dollar. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe stretch those those funds a little bit further. So it's extremely important that we have these weatherization funds, that we have these weatherization programs, because this type of work is not normally something that somebody would have the money to pay for on their own. I often say at speeches I give that if I had a choice between taking a poor Georgian and putting a solar panel on their home or putting them on the prepay program, that I would put them on the prepay program. And what we've seen is that that daily communication from the power company saying how much money they have in their account, how much energy energy they used yesterday, um, uh, it, it triggers something in them. It triggers this, this wait a second, why, why are we got these lights on right now? It's heating up our house. It's making our air condition run more. It's, uh, you know, why, why aren't we changing that thermostat when we're leaving? We're going to see grandma. Let's, let's shut this thing down. And that daily communication causes them to think about energy more. And what we found out, Edward, is that if you think about your energy more, you're going to do something about it. Have you seen that to be true? Well, I think that especially as people who are in the energy field, like me and you, um, energy professionals, um, we think about energy in a different way. I definitely um, think that that level of communication makes people more aware. Um, it's kind of like a red flag. Hey, you know, what are we doing different than what we did yesterday? And I can see the price going up. Um, but without it being paired with weatherization services and other um, subsidized services to really help homeowners, it could turn into a very uh, anxious type space. It could cause some anxiety um, when people don't really know uh, what they could really do. So when you pair it with the homeowner education that we give with our energy audits, when you pair it with um, the weatherization services, when you pair it with these other things, when you pair it with a nest thermostat, so now it can set it. It's going to learn your behaviors. It's going to learn how to dra- uh, um, um, gradually reduce your, your energy usage. When you do those things, it makes sense. If I just put a person in, into a prepaid program and they don't have the education and they don't really grasp what they're doing and they're already on a very tight budget um, that could cause some real anxiety so yeah I think it's a great option I think it's great especially when it's paired with other things and I think you hit the nail on the head uh, with people being able to recognize things are going up you know I've never really thought about that that it, it needs to be part of a puzzle not just the only piece I mean we do know that they save about 11 percent uh, on their energy usage. But, hey, since we're texting them, why not text them about the energy audit? Why not text them energy-saving tips? Yeah. Um, why not let them know about the rebate on the LED bulbs? Why not Why not let them know about the heat program? Why not go ahead and communicate the other program? And, you know, it's, it's just the way when we think about these things in systems, we're able to do things like what we did with, with the Efficiency Plus program to then pair these things with other things to help people out. Well, it's been great getting to see you again. We got to do another Falcons game together. That was so cool. And if they ever open up the stadium fully, we might can afford to get tickets, but been great having you on the show. Thanks for having me anytime. And how can folks get in touch with you? Uh, they can just go to Facebook, Home Diagnostic Solutions of Savannah. Inbox us at any point. Um, our number's on there as well. Please, please reach out to us if you have any questions, want to get some more information, reach out to us. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Hey, it's Tim Eccles. You've been listening to Energy Matters. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. 
ev-hybrid.com. This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. Hey, it's Tim Eccles back. Great segment with Edward Gresham. But now we've got a cool segment. I'm with Stephen Lofton. We're in back of Alan Shedd's Prius Prime, and we're heading to breakfast, and we're going to be talking about the gas crisis. Stephen, you and I both drive a Chevy Volt. Mine's a 2017. What's yours? 2017 as well. So these plug-in hybrids, I mean, you know, you and I had talked about electric vehicles forever. This is your first one. What has been kind of a, a, a cool thing that you've learned maybe that you had no idea until you actually experienced the vehicle? I think that, the well, the coolest thing is the car is so much fun to drive. I mean, it's got pickup and you, the people that have been in electric cars for a while know all this they're rolling their eyes at me but uh it is a lot of fun to drive we've really enjoyed it i think the second thing is uh even when we do have to fill up the gas tank as it's a hybrid when we go on a trip or something like that it's uh it's still only eight gallons of gas so even when gas is high like it is right now filling it up is is really not that much so that's been a really nice surprise you know there's such confusion i think in in the general public about electric vehicles. I mean, the Prius has been around a long time, and Toyota really, really was the pioneer in the market. But the Prius, for those of you that don't know that much about electric cars, the Prius decides when it runs on electricity and when it doesn't. On the plug-in hybrid, which Stephen's Chevy Volt and mine both are plug-in hybrids, meaning that you do plug in in your garage or wherever you're at we just plugged in in tucker and we're going to breakfast because we were both almost at zero electric range and we wanted to fill our electric tank quote back up so that we wouldn't have to go on gas but Stephen, i don't think a lot of people realize that these cars have about 50 to 55 miles of electric range and that most people in their commute they don't even go that far no, that's exactly right. My wife drives it most of the time. She's got about a 27, 28 mile commute, so it's pretty long. But uh, she gets there with no problem. She charges up at work, and then when she gets home, we plug it in. I mean, there will go a month without using a gallon of gas in that car. I mean, the, literally the first month that we bought it, we didn't refill the gas tank for two months. So, to those of you out there who have poo-pooed these electric cars before, okay, let me get you to think about this. So, with cars like the Volt and the Chrysler Pacifica and the Ford Fusion, these cars all have the same general technology. You plug in with a plug in your garage and you drive on these electric miles until you run out of electric and then that gas generator kicks in and charges that battery. So that's for the people that don't care about performance. The people that do care about performance, just listening to me on this, you've got cars like the Porsche Panamera e-hybrid that has a plug. It goes about 40 or 50 miles on the on, on the on the electric or it has the super engine you know, up front that allows you to run as fast as you would like. So the Germans, Stephen, they don't really sacrifice the performance. They let that gas engine kick in whenever you want it. So you've got a Mercedes that's a plug-in hybrid. You've got you've got uh, the Porsche that's a plug-in hybrid. You've got numbers of other cars that that use this technology that's not fully electric. I mean, I mean, I mean, I just drove my Chevy Volt to Savannah the other day. So yeah. 40, you know, 50 miles on electric, and then I was on gas generator, uh, you know, the rest of the way. And a, a lot of people think, well, I mean, what good is that? Well, I mean, that just shows that the car will actually make the trips if you need it to make the trip. I don't know about your car, Stephen, but my car has about 370 miles of gas range because I just burned premium in it. How about your gas, your, your generator uh, meter? What does it normally say when you fill up? So we generally have 53 miles in electric charge is where we tend to sit. And then on the gas side, uh, about 340, 350. I, I don't burn premium. I use regular regular 87 gas in it, although I do try to find ethanol free when I can because, again, the gas sits in there uh, for a while. So uh, fortunately, Quick Trip carries ethanol free gas. We fill up on that and 
And uh, we've been on two long road trips with the car, one to Winston-Salem, one to Charleston, and had no issues whatsoever. Uh, got, got there, I think we used one tank of gas, again, eight gallons. So easy, so, you know, so, so nice on the wallet as well. You know, there's a lot of shaming and canceling going on in our culture right now, and I have had many of my environmental friends to feel like if they drove a plug-in hybrid that actually had a gas generator engine, that somehow they're betraying the environment, somehow they're not as good as the other people. But I think if you if you think about these Chevy Volts and these plug-in hybrids that that really eliminate the whole range anxiety issue and and you're commuting 27 miles like your wife is one way and you're only using a gallon basically one gallon of gas you know per month i mean it doesn't get much better than that no it it doesn't and you know honestly i think this is the way that a lot of people will get into the electrics because i'll tell you we would not have bought a full electric we weren't ready for that she wasn't ready for that um, so this was a nice kind of step up, and she's now interested in a full electric, um, probably one of those Porsches you're talking about. It's going to be a while before we get to one of those, but uh, um, but that that's you know it, it's been a great step into electric cars for us, and I think that's what those people are missing. Yeah, I mean people are you know very concerned about this gas. Uh, shortage, uh, basically a supply issue, but it is impacting society because people are now deciding, hey, I'm not going to go to work because I don't have gas or I'm sleeping in my car. I heard of a guy sleeping in his car uh, at work so that he didn't have to come back home because he didn't have the gas. Every station I went by today was out of gas. So it's one of the reasons I wanted to get to this charge charger today in Tucker, you know, because I got here, Stephen, I just ran to zero on my electric mile and I've, I've got to go back. I've got, got to get my grandson from school today. And over the course of this breakfast that we have today, I'm going to get enough miles to get back. And then I will be able to plug in at my daughter's house and then have enough miles uh, to, get, to get back home. So uh, do you find that you like the challenge of doing the, you know, going to chargers and different things? Or is it annoying to you at this point? It really hasn't been that much of a challenge, to be honest with you, Commissioner. We've had uh, we've had no problem finding chargers. I mean, they're they're fairly available. Our Kroger's got one. If we want to, you know, if we go to the grocery store, we'll charge up there, and and in, you know, forty five minutes, an hour later, we're we're halfway uh, halfway recharged, that sort of thing. So we that the only time we've had a problem finding chargers is on those road trips. Um, if we wanted to stop and you know try to charge while we were eating or something like that, or maybe when we got to the hotel. But again, we've got the gas backup, the generator kicks in. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's really not an inconvenience. We're sitting here in Alan Shedd's a Prius Prime, and I'm going to put him on the spot. He always hates when I do this. Engineers generally hate to be on the radio, uh, but Alan has been on our show multiple times, and everybody loves him. Um, and so this Prius, and we have. A RAV4 hybrid, and I have a Prius, you know, a traditional hybrid in my family. Of course, as I, as I mentioned a while ago, the car decides. Alan, how is the technology on this car different than a traditional Prius? Well, so this is a plug-in hybrid, as, as you've been describing. Uh, conventional Prius, uh, you can't plug it in. It only burns gasoline. This car, you can plug into the wall, recharge it using a, a standard outlet or a, a level 2 charger. And as a result of that, of course, you can drive on all electric mode. Now, you know, as an engineer, I'm really into the, the numbers and kind of geek out on this. I can choose when it runs on electric or when it runs on gas. My normal commute to work is 41 miles. I can't get here on, on electric only. So I typically save the electric until I get into stop and go traffic where the where the electric is the most efficient. But, you know, that's just me. You don't have to work that hard at it. You can just let the car do it. It's perfectly capable of it. So Stephen and I's car will go about 54 miles on electric. The Prius, uh, are, are you pleased with the performance of this car uh, overall? Uh, wh- why is it... Why is it less that the Prius will run on electricity? Is it the battery size? Sure. So Toyota made a decision when they built the car, you know, based on cost. They were trying to keep the cost fairly low. And and because batteries are the most expensive component, they chose to put a small battery in. So this car will go 26, 28 miles on electric only. The the trade-off, of course, when I was trying to decide between buying this and buying a Volt, 
was, you know, what's the fuel economy when it's running on gas? This car traditionally gets over 60 miles a gallon on gasoline, 10-gallon tank. I routinely go 600 to 1,000 miles on a tank of gas. I drive a lot. So because I drive a lot in rural Georgia, you know, having that good fuel economy was important to me. Now, if I had it to do over again, I would love a plug-in hybrid with a 100-mile range. Nobody's building one right now. I guess I'll have to do it myself. Stephen and Alan, as we wrap this up, because uh, our, our scrambled eggs and sausage await, but uh, as, as we wrap this up, I had at one time computed if everyone in the U.S. drove a Prius that got 55 miles to the gallon, the, 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 the reduction in consumption that we would have in gasoline and i don't have the figure off the top of my head we'll have to talk about it on another episode but it was substantial proving my point that you don't have to alan go all in and drive fully electric to be doing a good deed for the environment well absolutely i was talking to my wife this morning about this and it's really not a an all or nothing scenario electric vehicles are a great solution for a lot of daily driving doesn't mean it's going to replace all of our driving needs let's let's use electricity where it's appropriate and where it makes economic sense I know the president's talking about spending a lot of money, and I just wrote an op-ed about the importance of what he's doing in moving electric vehicles forward. But I, I want to caution, the, you know, folks that you don't have to be a purist in order for us to make progress. Incremental change is good. We're never going to get rid of the Trans Am and the Corvette, the classic cars that are out there that need gas. We'll always have gas pumps. So, hey, I hope you check out ev-hybrid.com ev-hybrid.com that's where steven got his cars where i got mine a lot of great plug-in hybrids there hey this is tim eccles you're listening to energy matters have a great weekend everyone The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to gemcarservice.com. That's G-E-M, carservice.com. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.